Everything that I want out of life comes from it. And I think what's beautiful here is Agar gives us one of those. One big thing that if we were to spend our whole lives on it, we would land exactly where we want. There's a lot in this world vying for importance in our lives. But what if we could boil down our ambitions to one simple thing? Today, Pastor Daniel will share what that thing could be by digging into the wisdom of Proverbs. If we're placing emphasis in this life on worldly things, we'll find no lasting satisfaction. Instead, we should be turning to God and asking Him to simplify our lives, giving us a purpose that will have a lasting impact. Now, here's Pastor Daniel in Proverbs chapter 30 with part one of his message, Two Things. So Jesus said something so audacious that if we even let ourselves think about it for a little bit, it gets us excited. He said that I have come that they might have life and that they may have life more abundantly. Doesn't that sound awesome? Yeah, I mean, that just even just the thought of a word like that, that Jesus saying, I am here that people might have life and life in a more abundant fashion. Some translations say they might have life to the full. But you and I both realize that a life lived to the full is a life that you have to live. Nobody can live your life for you. It's your life. It's your set of choices. And for each one of us in our lives, we make a million decisions about what our lives are going to be. No matter what it is, there's a situation that goes on. And then in the moment that that situation happens, you respond. You take a step. You decide what your life is going to look like. And if you live that life long enough, responding to situations in that way, choosing those things, you get far enough down the road. And then oftentimes your life looks like something that you never would have wanted it to look like. Isn't it true? It's like you get in an airplane and right as that plane takes off, it's going to take you wherever it's set to take you, right? We don't often think about our lives that way, though, that a million decisions that each one of us make bring us to a certain destination. And that's why we're studying the book of Proverbs together in this series that we're calling Vice Versa, because we want to make sure that our lives are driven by wisdom. Now, I always define wisdom the exact same way, and I'm going to give it to you again. If you've heard it a million times, good, because repetition is the greatest teacher. I don't want to give you something new. I want to give you something that you need. And wisdom is the right application of the right information. That's what wisdom is. See, knowledge is knowing the right things. Wisdom is learning to apply those things. And we all realize that wisdom is important because if you have the right information, you want to make sure you apply the right information so that your life, all the decisions that you make, your life would be driven or drenched with wisdom. And I don't know about you, but 
if I only get one shot at this life, hashtag YOLO, right? If you only get one shot, if you don't know what that means, that's you only live once, YOLO. Yeah, you like that? Hash, write that down. That's like so retro. Some of you kids are like, it's so retro. Hashtag. Anyway, if you only live once, you want your life to be driven by wisdom. You want the right application of the right information. And so today I want to give you a text that is one of those. One of those, like if you get this thing right, you're going to be grateful that you did. Because today is one of those big idea messages where the focus of the message is going to be on your character and how to make sure that situations that could endanger you walking in integrity come to pass. Now, talk about life and life abundant. You realize that your character, you bring that into every situation. The character is who you are, the values that you have. And integrity is you choosing to have a moral compass or a moral standard that you force yourself to live up to. That's the thing that's interesting about morality. People say you can't legislate morality, but every law is actually a legislation of morality. You realize that? Every single law is a legislation of this is what's right or wrong. Now, what's fascinating is, is that even though governments can make laws about morality, in the end of the day, you choose to live up to your standards or not. Isn't it true? Now, let's be honest. Now, I know this is one of those questions you're like, oh, I can't believe you're asking me this. How many of you ever failed to live up to the standards that you hold? Everybody, at some point, you look at what you think to be right and you don't live up to it. And my friends, that is why we are a Christian church. Because Jesus died and rose again because not one of us has ever truly held ourselves to the standard that Jesus has for us. Even the standards we have for ourselves. We know it. I'm not going to do that again. Right? This happened to me last night. Just last night this happened to me. So Lynn and the kids, everyone's in bed. And I wanted to watch this documentary on Rasan Roland Kirk, famous jazz musician, blind guy, could play three horns at one time, amazing musician, right? And I made a promise to myself, I'm not going to eat after everyone goes to bed. I'm trying to raise the standard of my eating plan. So I'm like, I'm not going to eat. I'm not going to eat. Now, granted... I could have made way worse decisions. But I could sense the macadamia nuts calling me from the pantry. So I didn't go get some Twinkies. I know you guys all thought I was going to eat some Twinkies, but I didn't. You know? Because willpower begins in the grocery store. We just don't have any in the house right now because I ate the last set of them, you know? And so, and I'm like, don't eat. And I'm like, don't eat, don't eat. And I went, I got some macadamia nuts. So again, like, did I really totally fail in my integrity? If that's the worst thing I've done all week, I'm doing great. You know what I mean? But you each choose a standard for what you believe in. And then your integrity is your ability to live up to that standard every day. So today we're going to talk about character. Not what we do, but who we are. And that who we are drives what we do. So open up in your Bibles to the book of Proverbs chapter 30. Proverbs 30, we're going to be taking verses 7 to 9. Proverbs 30, verses 7 to 9. Now, I don't want you to think I'm just making this stuff up. This is stuff is in the Bible, God's word, and so I want you to be able to find it as well. So the book of Proverbs is pretty easy to find, because right about in the center of your Bible is the book of Psalms. Single largest book in the Bible, 150 of those Psalms or songs. 
And then right after the book of Psalms, of course, you have the book of Proverbs. And so there's 31 chapters in Proverbs. I always tell you, it's great. There's 31 days in the longest month of the year. So you can read a proverb every day, every single day, and you'll be blessed for doing it. I mean, listen, you read any of the word, you'll be blessed. But these Proverbs are amazing. Of course, chapter 30. Now, it begins in verse 1 where it says, The words of Agur, the son of Jekka, whose utterance, his utterance, this man declared to Ithiel, to Ithiel and Ucal. Now, I just read that because most people say, oh, the, the Proverbs are all Solomon. No, this is one of Agur. So um, we don't know anything about Agur at all, except that nobody's chosen to give their kid his name. And so, but if you got a little boy coming, you want a good biblical name for him that no one else has, Agur is in the race there. And what's interesting is you don't know anything about his dad, Jack and you don't know anything about these two guys he's writing to either, Ithael or Ucal. And so, but when you start to think about that, I also think to myself, how cool is it that this man who we don't know anything about, his words are going to change our lives today. See, in a celebrity culture, wouldn't it be better to be anonymous and have your name written in the book of life than to have everyone know your name for a bad reason? You know, it's like you got to think about that kind of stuff. This man, we don't know anything about him, but there it is, the wisdom of Agur, chapter 3. Now, it says this in verse 7. Two things I request of you, deprive me not before I die. Remove falsehood and lies from me. Give me neither poverty nor riches. Feed me with the food allotted to me, lest I be full and deny you and say, who is the Lord? And lest I be poor and steal and profane the name of my God. These three simple verses has a lot for us. Now, first, I want you to notice this. Two things I request of you, deprive me not before I die. My friends, this is important, that you and I, we need to keep it simple. You need to keep it simple. Out of all the things that Agur wants, he's like, I just want two things, Lord. Now, this is important because what this speaks of is we need to have some big ideas that drive our lives. Because we live in a day and age, especially in this generation, where there's so much information. Right? There's so many options. Positive psychologists are talking a lot about decision fatigue. It's a common problem because in most day and age, people can, you know, have one or two options. You go into a store now, there's infinite options, right? You go online, there's infinite options. And so many people, there's so many decisions to be made. I mean, there was a day you go to the grocery store, there's like five things there. Now there's 20,000 different things. Right? So what do you do? And so this idea that we need to learn how to simplify our lives a little bit. And that's what I love about this. There's just these two things I'm going to ask, Lord. And he says, deprive me not before I die. And so really what he's saying is that for this life, not the year after, but for this life, right now, these are just two things that I want. Now, what I think is really beautiful about this is that this is also why I wrote my book, Upward, Inward, and Outward. Because I see in my own life with all these different things that you can do, all these different things you can be involved in, it's like, just give me something simple that I can grab onto. And so for me, obviously, loving God and then loving my neighbor as I love myself, which we call upward, inward, and outward, that's like a big idea that I can drive for my whole life. 
You know, and you want those things that you're like, out of all the things that I could be learning, out of all the things that I can focus my life on, which you realize at this point, there's infinite things you can focus your life on. Do you have a simple, big idea that you're like, this simple thing, if I get this thing right, everything that I want out of life comes from it. And I think what's beautiful here is Agar gives us one of those. One big thing that if we were to spend our whole lives on it, we would land exactly where we want. Now, these two requests that he has, keeping it simple, as I've already told you, has one common goal, and that is his character. He wants the person that he is in this life to be a way of living that brings God glory and blesses other people. That's what he wants. He wants who he is to be something that brings blessing into the world. Now, if you don't have anything else, maybe that should be the thing that you focus on. Lord, I want my journey in this life, however long it is, I want it to be a life that brings glory to your name and blessing to other people. See, it's a big idea that you grab onto. Because you know what happens? If you don't have one of those big ideas, then your life just happens. You pretend like you're a passive participant, but you're not. You're actively making decisions. You're intentionally making bad decisions so that your life ends up somewhere. Nobody makes your decisions for you. So keep it simple, though. Agar could have been like, I want these 97 things. It's like, we're coming up on Christmas time. How many of you remember your Christmas lists when you were a kid? It's like now kids are making like flow charts with their Christmas gifts. You know what I mean? It's like, like, like if I get this thing, then I want these four things. But if I don't get this thing, if I get this thing, then I get this. If I don't get either of those, then I really want this thing. Or you just put it in my retirement savings, mom. You know what I mean? And so the idea is like things are getting more like just big ideas. Keeping it simple. When I think of keeping it simple, I think of 2 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 12. Such a beautiful verse where it says, for our boasting is this the testimony of our conscience that we conducted ourselves in this world in simplicity and godly sincerity, not with fleshly wisdom, but by the grace of God and more abundantly toward you. I love that. See, Paul is saying, listen, we lived our lives in simplicity. How many think I need to simplify my life a little bit right now? It's amazing. And that's why there's a whole movement now that's called minimalism, which is all about, you know, or they call it essentialism, that you need to really decide, like, what is really essential for my life? You can do all these things, but what's core? What's the most important things? When you look around, almost everyone, yeah, I need to to break this thing down. I need need to simplify this thing back. So my friends, keep it simple. Keep it simple. Now, what does Augur say that he wants to keep simple? Now, first, notice what it says. In verse 8, remove falsehood and lies far from me. Now, I like to say this this way, my friends. Lies be gone. Lies be gone. Now, this idea of remove lies and falsehood. See, what he's saying is he wants his life to be founded upon the truth. Not things that are lies and not things that are false. Now, this is huge because really our beliefs, and in my book, Upward, Inward, Outward, we talk about this, that your upward drives your inward and your outward, right? And so for me, Jesus is the truth. 
The only person who's ever lived, the only teaching that you can follow that is pure truth is Jesus. Because Jesus is the truth. He doesn't just teach the truth. He is the truth. Right? Now, if Jesus is center in your life, then all the decisions you make flow out of that center. And what Augur's saying is, I want to make sure that the core of who I am is filled with truth. And anything that's a lie that I believe or any falsehood that I could live my life out of, I want it to be removed from me. And not just removed, but he wants it to be removed far from me. So Agur's prayer is that his life, and he's saying, God, don't deprive me of this before I die. I want my life to be founded on the truth, and I want my life to be a life of complete and total integrity. See why I said this is about character? about who he is and why he is the way that he is. Now, when I say that, remove lies and falsehood far from me. I think in all of our hearts, there's some lies or falsehood that we buy into that if we really think about, we realize it needs to be removed far from me. You know what I found in this life? And I see it in my own heart, see it in almost everyone I know, is that everyone's got strengths and weaknesses, right? And for the things that we're strong on, we're like, yeah, and the things that we're weak on, we find ways to justify it so that we actually don't have to own it. You know what I mean? And if you've been in church long enough, what you find is Christians are really good at justifying biblically things that aren't the heart of God. They're lies and falsehoods, but we're so used to like, well, this is how I am, and, and this is why. And so really what Augur's saying is that, Jesus, I want my life to be all about you because you're the truth and I want any lie that I believe any falsehood that I carry in my heart I want you to separate it from me there's so many verses that I could grab I just grabbed a couple because I mean it's funny I, got, I started doing searches on lies and falsehood in the Bible listen I want to encourage you all to do that I got blessed because I read a whole bunch of different verses I pondered them and thought about them but I want you to be blessed to do that you know what I mean? It's like, you're like, well, how do you do that? That's why God invented Google. You know what I mean? Well, really, guys in Silicon Valley did, but God leveraged it just to put in their lies in the Bible. Falsehood in the Bible, right? So look at this. I got this one for you first. Psalm 119, 163. It says, I hate and abhor lying, but I love your law. Now, what's powerful about this is Psalm 119 is the single longest song or chapter in your entire Bible, but he ties the understanding of lying with God's law. Now, I think that's important because if you back up just a few verses in Proverbs 30, notice what it says in verse 5, Proverbs 30, verse 5. It says, every word of God is pure. He is a shield to those who put their trust in him. Do not add to his words, lest he rebuke you and you be found a a liar. And then he says, these two things I ask of you, deprive me not before I die, that you remove falsehood and lies from me. So my friends, what I want to tell you, you want to know when you're believing a lie, you believe in falsehood, you get in the word. The Bible, 
The word of God, the book. Why? Because the book not only tells you what's right, but it says that because the word of God is living and powerful and it's sharper than any two-edged sword and it goes down to the division of soul and spirit, joints and marrow, and it goes down and discerns the thoughts and the intents of our hearts. See, we don't just need the right information. We actually need the living word of God, the Bible, to go down and divide what is indivisible, soul and spirit, joints and marrow. No scientist can divide down to where the spirit and the soul ends, right? And not only does it tell you where the division is, it actually discerns for you the things that are in your heart and the motivations behind it. And this is why, my friends, this church has always been founded on the word of God. This is why if you see churches starting to slide, it's always they start to slide on the word. Why? Because the human heart stands in the light of the word in need of a savior. All of us have lies and falsehood that we believe. All of us. Not one of us, if we were to truly look at our lives, would say in every way my life lines up. That every belief that I have about myself and other people and God and the world that I live in, every single belief is rock solid. And my friends, and that is why Jesus is absolutely necessary. And listen, I realize that there's some of you, you're hearing this right now and you're saying, but why does Jesus necessary? Because every single way that you live your life based on a lie or falsehood, you miss God's best for your life. And you missing God's best for your life ends up becoming not God's best for other people's lives. Because you in and of yourself make mistakes, but then your mistakes begin to impact other people. And then when other people are being confronted with falsehood, then they have their own set of issues. And God values our lives so much that he holds us accountable for these things. And that is why putting your faith and trust in Jesus is the most freeing thing ever because in Christ, he, as the truth, begins to say, oh yeah, listen, that thing, yeah, nah, nah. That's not who we are. That's who you used to be. It's not who you are now. I've given you a new identity. I'm going to teach you how to live into it. You know, it's a beautiful thing when you think about it in the Bible, this idea of adoption in the Bible. I mean, adoption in the Bible, it's somebody who lives outside of that family and then somebody who gets brought into the family. Now, if you were raised outside of a family, and some of you know what this is like, you're raised outside of a family. Right? And then you get adopted into the family, right? And then you have all these ways that you are, but then you get adopted into the family. And if you have good adoptive parents, they say, oh yeah, listen, we just don't act that way in this house. I do this with my kids all the time. So I'm going, well, so-and-so, I'm like, well, guess what? Is your last name the same as so-and-so? And they're like, uh, no. I'm like, yeah, they may do that in their house, but we don't do that in our house. Look, they're responsible God for what they do in their house. We're responsible for God what we do in our house. And we'll, you know, if you got my last name, that's not what we do. And they're like, oh, okay. And that's exactly the way God deals with each one of us. Jesus is real. Life is complicated enough as it is. So why are we trying to make our relationship with the Lord complicated too? In today's message, Pastor Daniel reminded us to keep things simple. We need to take some wisdom from the Proverbs and ask God for the basic things, 
like keeping falsehoods away and letting us be a light for the kingdom. It's much easier to grow in our faith when we're not hung up on meaningless details. Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram have become a regular part of our everyday lives. And we want to be sure to encourage you to check out Pastor Daniel's Facebook page, Twitter feed, and Instagram. Log on to JesusIsRealRadio.com and follow the links. Pastor Daniel shares two-minute video messages throughout the week on his Facebook page. Log on to JesusIsRealRadio.com and follow Pastor Daniel. Hey, this is Josh, and I wanted to personally thank you for listening today to Jesus Is Real Radio. Did you know that Pastor Daniel also has a TV program? It's called Real with Daniel Fusco. I want to encourage you to go to JesusIsRealRadio.com, click on the stations option in the main menu, and find out if Real with Daniel Fusco airs on a TV station in your area. Make sure to tune in again as Pastor Daniel will share another way we can ask God to help keep this life simple with our finances. If we're relying on what we can do to fill our bank accounts and provide for our needs, we'll always be striving for more. Instead, we need to remember where our resources originate from. We can ask God to give us enough to fulfill what we need while reminding us that He's still in control. There's more to come from Pastor Daniel's series entitled Vice Versa. Please glance at the clock right now and make plans to join us again for another edition of Jesus Is Real Radio.